0: I got a call from them out of the blue one day, and they said, hey, Chris, it's being Bob. I'm like, hey, guys, what are you doing? They're like, what are you doing? I said, I'm curled up in the fetal position in the closet watching the light bulb burn. I'm down 60 pounds. I'm about to move into my truck. And I don't know if I should hurl myself off the building or pull the trigger. I told the loan guy I died. I told the credit card guy I died. They're like, is it that bad? I'm like, it's not that good. (laughs) And then they said, you want to come work with us? I said, sure. I got my flip-flops and my Bob's on. That's it. That's all I got. Let's go. And I tell the kids today, because I dated in 1998, but when we talked to film festivals in Berkeley and other schools, I tell them I was Malcolm Butler. I came out of nowhere in some little community college in Mississippi, and I won the Super Bowl of movies that year. And I went on a 15-year run with them.
1: How are we doing, everybody? Welcome back to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. If it is your first time, thanks for checking it out. This is Pat McCauley, as always. I uh, just wanted to, once again this week, say uh, I hope everybody is is staying home and staying safe as much as possible and um, doing our part with the craziness that is going on in the world and uh, staying positive and, and helping, helping our neighbors and helping small businesses and doing whatever we can in our power to, uh, lift each other up and stay positive And, uh, most importantly, make sure that our hospitals and healthcare providers can do, um, what they need to do. Um, so again, stay home, uh, hang out, you know, try to stay away from people and, uh, wishing everybody, um, health and happiness. And, uh, we'll be, through this hopefully, uh, sometime soon. Um, in the meantime, appreciate uh, you tuning into the episodes and and checking it out. Um, so this week's episode, um, about two weeks ago or so, I connected with, um, a guy named Chris Meyer, um, who is a Boston native. Um, and we, our first meeting was, um, we, we, he suggested we meet for a hike, which I loved. And um, we went and hiked Blue Hills here uh, in the Boston area. Um, and he we just had a great chat kind of about life and all kinds of things, and he just started talking about his life story. And um, I just found it fascinating. Um, and uh, so for those that don't know, Chris is uh, an Emmy nominated film producer. Um, and this this guy's literally produced some of the most legendary, um, comedy films of you know, my generation for sure. Um, you know, titles like uh, Me, Myself and Irene, Something about Mary Shall- Shallow Hal, Fever Pitch, Super Troopers, um, Just a, a crazy uh, list of, of movies uh, he's done that um, are kind of like household comedy names. Um, so we talk all about uh, Chris's upbringing in Boston. Um being raised in a family of firefighters, uh, why he kind of chose to uh, go against the norm and move out to LA uh, to try to pursue a career in, in film. Uh, the many challenges he faced out there as you know a 23,24 year old, tr- you know, without any money trying to, trying to make his way in that world, uh, how he uh, serendipitously ended up connecting with the Farley Brothers. Um, who he went on to make you know, all kinds of those movies I mentioned with, um, the most talented actor he's worked with, um, what advice he has for people starting out in the film industry um, and young kids that maybe just moved out like he did many years ago to try to uh, find, find a place in the, in the film industry, uh, how his health journey has evolved over the years, um, and what he recommends for entrepreneurs pitching Uh, businesses or films, uh, you know, he says films are a lot like a startup, right? So for every film is basically a new startup and and you're really, you're selling an idea, you're selling a script um, and, you know, it's very similar to starting businesses. Uh, And why he's most recently shifted uh, to focus on um, a podcast uh, media business called Mudhouse Media, uh, which I hope to be the Eat Green, Make Green podcast um, will be joining uh, Mudhouse Media um, in the coming uh, few weeks here, um, and hopefully uh, through their network we can kind of get, get access to some guests that maybe we haven't had on uh, before that I'd love to have on, and um, I also just love Chris and love what he's doing and, and want to be a part of um, what he's doing. Um, so anyway, uh, Chris is just an amazing dude. Um, beautiful, beautiful life story, a lot of hardship, a lot of hustle, um, and just, uh, going all in and, and, you know, living a life, uh, he wants to lead. And, um, I just have so much respect and, um, wanted to have him on here and and share a story because again, I think it's beautiful. Um, so check Chris out. He's kind of, he's on Twitter. I'll leave his link to Twitter, but outside of that, I don't think he's on much social media. Um, but check out what he's doing. Check out Mudhouse Media. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy. Without further ado, the one and only Chris Meyer. Is your currency. Oh, All right, man. Well, well, you ready to rock and roll? Yeah. I, I want
0: to take my like last couple bites here. Of my impossible
1: burger. Hell yeah! Did you so so you got that? That's that's Burger King, yeah.
0: Yeah, I haven't been in Burger King in twenty years, so you you've made me you've crossed me over. I
1: <laughs> love it.
0: And I, I'm I'm gonna look. Can can you see it? There it is. Yeah. it is.
1: How's it look? Have you had an impossible before?
0: No, I yes. bought it in honor of this podcast.
1: I appreciate that. I love it. And, and what do you think so far? Was that the first bite right there?
0: My second, but it's absolutely delicious. I mean, you know, for what BK is, yeah, I'd rather be eating this than the burger.
1: Totally. There's
0: no, there's no difference in taste.
1: Totally, yeah. And then it's cool when you get like a, a kick-ass chef that knows how to make burgers and they take the impossible meat and cook it the right way. And it's 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 hard to tell the difference. I mean you can't.
0: Yeah. And, and now is this impossible meat the same impossible that's on you know that's public? You know, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, of, you
2: know,
0: so
1: the one that's pub the one that's public is beyond. And they right. they sort of went a different route. They're more like they went like grocery grocery hmm. chains first, not so much uh I mean
0: yeah, I mean, not but, food.
1: Yeah, but they like they do the beyond uh, sausage for like the Dunkin sandwiches. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, how is that?
1: Yeah. I haven't had it. Um but all their products are good. I mean, I don't eat a ton of like the alternative meat yeah. stuff, but um you know, it's great. It's a great thing. It's a great thing to yeah. have, you know. And it's, it's a like a start, right? It's a start. It's it's kind of like a transition type thing and if you're going to like if I'm going to have a burger, like if I want a burger and beer that tastes like a burger Like why not, why not have, you know, one that's better for the world, you know?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I mean, I eat everything from, you know, I eat veggie burgers. If it looks good, I know, you know, some of them are better than others, obviously, you know?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Depending on if I'm on that health kick or not, I'll, I'll eat, you know, I I will go vegetarian and, you know, I I don't know if I'll go quite vegan, but. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Beautiful, man. Well, uh, for those that are tuning in, I got Chris Meyer on the horn. We connected uh, a few weeks ago. I loved that our first meeting was a was a hike um,
0: absolutely that's why that's why I went great start to a great relationship
1: absolutely man that that's something i do. It's like you know meet me meet me at the state park meet me at you know somewhere outside meet me by the water to walk uh mm. j- yeah it just makes for a better for, better connection absolutely but anyway man you um I got some of the story, a lot of the story on on the hike of kind of a life story and journey. Um yeah. but um hasn't been I, a boring one. It hasn't been a boring one. I feel like you've done so much and with I I want to talk about the new podcast company and all that towards the end. Cool. Um but I'd love to just kind of get into your story. Like you're you've just done so much, so much interesting stuff. Um and I Whether know I you
0: want to or not
1: yeah right (laughs) but like
0: young dumb gullible stupid naive all the above
1: exactly and i feel like there's a ton of like there's a ton of struggle in the story there's a ton of hardship uh but then to get to where you are now is a beautiful thing so i'd love to kind of share that
0: that's all the part of the journey and everyone goes through it
1: totally man so Originally from uh, Boston and come from a a long line of firefighters, right?
0: Yes, sir. My dad was a chief on the Boston Fire Department and I had three uncles and three cousins. So it's in my blood and I, you know, I'm a spark, if you will. I don't know if you know what a spark is, but they're firefighter uh, fans, if you will, and maybe some even groupies. Really? So I used to go to the firehouse and I still do to visit the guys and if you look at, at the end credits of a lot of our early movies, it would always say in the special thanks and in the, in the end crog, you'd see engine 52 ladder 29 cruising the Ave, represented there. So my dad and all, all the fellows would always enjoy that.
1: Very cool. Very cool. So, so how does, obviously that was kind of in your blood growing up. You went to, we, we have the mutual connection of, uh, at least me for a couple of years of, of BC High and then Boston College, and yeah. then how did you how did you kind of go from probably on the path to a firefighter, right? To like you know mm-hmm. wanted to move to LA and maybe maybe share some of like the the journey to where that thought process began.
0: So I got out. Of, I graduated in '91, and the job market was not good back then. It was coming. We, we were still feeling the. The, the um, aftermath of, you know, Black Monday and 87 and things like that. So people, you know, a lot of kids in that back then, I didn't know, you know, I wish I had known what an MBA was then. And I didn't really, you know, in, in law school. So I was going to go to law school. It's kind of floundering, you know. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. Five out of six of my roommates were attorneys. And, you know, I just, a couple of them were just, doing it to, you know, they were panicking. What am I going to do? You know? And, and I just felt like, I'm not just going to law school to go to law school. You know? I need to really be passionate and, and, and engage in it, but I always used to love I used to love going to, I still to going to the movies. You know, i go to Kendall Square, Harvard Square, Coolidge Corner, and you know, my mom, My one day my mom said, you like the movies? Why don't you try to get in the movie business? I said, you know, what? <laughs> Nobody does that. You know? And, and you know, I'd never move five minutes from my house, never mind, you know, moving 3,000 miles from everything you know and if for, you know, for in love for an if. So I, uh, I called the Mass Film Office and I worked in Boston for about a year as a production assistant, which is a grunt. You know, you do whatever they want, jump how high kind of thing. And uh, I kind of figured out somewhat of a path or I, I, the positions I thought I might want to get into. And I figured, OK, if I really want to make a go of it at the time. There was no tax credit in Massachusetts. So one movie would come a year and everybody, you know, would, would try to jump on that job. So it, 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 I knew it was, I needed to leave if I wanted to give it a shot. So I headed west. I called the big move.
1: And what was that? You were what, 23, 24, something like that?
2: Yeah.
0: Yep. 23, 24. And uh, like I said, I just threw caution to the winds going to make movies, Ma. Yeah.
2: Guy's like Jesus Christ. What about law
0: school? You know, I might as well have been an immigrant because, you know, I only spoke the language. I won't move out there. I knew no one. I had no money. I had no, you know, network. I had nothing. You know.
1: Yeah, totally. So, yeah. so you get out there it's and cross
2: country, yeah.
1: And and what are you doing? I mean, it, obviously, like you know, it, it's something like people know to get into Hollywood, you got to move to L.A. You know. Like, that's my, all I knew.
0: I never knew like anything about networking and you know now you can yeah. drop us in any city on the planet you can survive right you know how to navigate every waters you know but back then and i I'll never forget it. i was I was waiting my girlfriend's best friend at the time was dating a uh, a resident uh, a doctor right a resident in, in training and and they weren't home so someone said go up to Malibu so I, I drove up there. And it's kind of an interesting story. So I ended up at at a pizza shop in Malibu.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I don't even know what Malibu is, right? And I'm waiting in line and in front of me a couple people is is Pat Riley. The coach? And he's yeah. I mean, he I mean he's all tanned up, the linen suits. He looks like a trillion bucks, right? I mean, he's coming off the Laker wins. He's he's with his kids, you know, and uh, he just looks like a million bucks. And, and he, and he keeps turning around and he's staring at me and I'm like, okay, like this, you know, once or twice, maybe he thinks I'm somebody else that he doesn't, that he might know. And, and, and it got to the point where it was making me feel awkward. So I was going to say something to him, you know? And, uh, we, we finally, I go get my, get my sandwich or pizza. He, he was with his kids and then he, he walks over and he says, Hey kid, I said, Hey, uh, how you doing? He said, "I'm I'm Pat Riley." He said, "I know, Mr. Riley." He said, "Nice to meet you." You know, and uh, you know, obviously, being the Lakers-Celtics rivalry, I was just coming off of that. Right as a kid, I of course I knew who he was. And he said, uh, "Who do you play for?" I said, "Excuse me." He said, "I know, I, I know, you're a linebacker. Who do you <laughs> play for?" I said, "I said, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't play football. Actually, I play a lot of basketball, but." Nowhere near the level that you, you coach at, you know," he said. "I, I know you, you. You play football. You play football," and I said, uh, I, "I don't, Mister Riley, but you know, thank you, you know." And and, and, uh, <laughs> and we went about our pizzas. And then as he's leaving, he comes back and he says, "I know who you are," and he walks out. <laughs> it was the <laughs> oddest thing, but it was kind of cool. He thought I was a football player. I yeah. cool. Pat Riley thinks I'm a you know star football player. Nice little. The first day in LA, I'm like, "All right, this this is kind of cool."
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah,
2: and
1: yeah. Then, uh,
0: you know, then I then I went right to living in my shithole. You know.
1: <laughs> so what did what did you do? You found like a, a a spot, just a one bedroom spot somewhere that was cheap. And and- I was on
0: Venice Beach, and it was oh, coming out yeah. of um, it was right out. Was just pro- uh, the just the big earthquake had just happened, and I was living on the beach. In, in 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 a, in a uh, Los Angeles was in a, in a transition period at that time, and, and the beach was not. I didn't you know I didn't you know know where to go, what to do. But I I had a little money to get a first and last month's rent, and I went to the local realtor and I found a spot. And then I probably lasted there a year. And then as you the longer you're there, the more friends you make, you start hearing about all the different good deals in town. You know. Mm-hmm. Thought, pat mccauley needs a roommate oh okay we're you know we hit it off. i know you know pat and then you start bouncing around and you finally eventually settle into a place that you can somewhat call home and, and and start going to get it trying to get in the business
1: yeah so there was a four or five year period where you're you know you're bartending you're doing whatever you can to make yeah. money
0: yeah i met everyone playing basketball i ran out of money And a bunch of the guys I played hoop and said, there's a new club up the street, a new blues club. Why don't don't we go check it out? I said, sure. And and at the time, I was passing my resume around, which there was very little of in Santa Monica. And I went to get a hot dog at a hot dog stand. And the the gentleman at the hot dog stand had the name of the club on his hat. And I said, hey, man, you work there? He said, yeah. I said, I desperately need a job. I'll do anything. You know, he said, you play hoop on the beach? I said, yeah. He said, you want to bounce? I'm like, ugh. Oh, no, not really. I didn't say that to him, but. <laughs>
1: well, well you, well, you can bounce because you're a pro linebacker, so.
0: Yeah, just be, you know, <laughs> it, 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 there's always this, um, you know, a, a little bit of, um, you know, judgment, you know, free judgment, right? And, 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 and I just, it, I, you know, I didn't want to bounce, of course, right? But I needed the money. And I thought quickly, and like, blues clubs tend to be an older crowd and more tame. And, and you know, I was out of my element there. Like, I don't know the neighborhood. I don't know the guys. I don't know who's who and who isn't. You know, in Boston, you know, the good guys and the bad guys, if you will, right? Yeah. And well, at least when you're younger. And uh, I ended up bouncing there and ended up bartending and bar backing. And then the Fairley brothers were friends with the owner, who I ended up becoming friends with. And uh, we started getting acquainted. And you know, when you're on the when you're on your own, you know, your friends become your family. And you spend, you know, the holidays with your friends. if You can't get home.
2: Mm.
0: And um, I ended up working there. And then, you know, I was working odd jobs. I was trying to get into the business. And it it just wasn't working. You know, everyone back east is, you know, getting their MBAs, getting law school, buying houses. Their lives are growing. And I'm, uh, you know, kind of floundering and banging guys out of bar rooms, which is not, you know. The ideal thing, but in the, in the end, it ended up, I ended up meeting the Fairley brothers, you know? And, and when it, what happened was it, 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 it came close. I had to go home for a death in the family and I hadn't been home in a couple of years. And it was actually my grandparents. had both passed within a month of each other. And, you know, my mom was like, what are you, what are you doing out there? I said, you know, mom, it's time for me to come home. Cause I was just existing at that time, you know, and I wasn't living. I, I couldn't do it anymore. And, uh, I think the, um, you know, my, my, uh, my friend, the, the, the club owner, told Peter and Bobby Fairley. And they said, I got a call from him out of the blue one day. And they said, hey, Chris, it's being Bob. I'm like, hey, guys, what are you doing? They're like, what are you doing? I said, I'm curled up in the fetal position in the closet watching the light bulb burn. I'm down 60 pounds. I'm about to move into my truck. And I don't know <laughs> if I should hurl myself off the building or pull the trigger. I told the loan guy I died. I told the credit card guy I died. They're like, is it that bad? I'm like, it's not that good. <laughs> and then they said, "You want to come work with us?" I said, "Sure, I got my flip-flops and my Bobs just on. That's it. That's all I got. Let's go." And then the movies tend to get pushed. Mo- movies may never happen. They come and go with the wind. And I tell the kids today, because I dated in 1998, but when we talk to film festivals in Berkeley and other schools, I tell them I was Malcolm Butler. I came out of nowhere in some little community college in Mississippi, and I won the Super Bowl of movies that year, and I went on a 15-year run with them, so we did a, a movie called Something About Mary, which ended up becoming one of the most iconic comedies in cinema history,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it was an incredible year for filmmakers, and I tell this, especially, you know, you would remember, but 1998, Something About Mary came out, Goodwill Hunting came out, and mm-hmm. LA Confidential, three of the best movies of that year, critically acclaimed in box office smashes all Massachusetts filmmakers.
2: Mm. That
0: tells you a little bit about where we come from.
2: Mm. That's pretty cool. That's very cool.
0: With the success of something about Mary, we got a, what's called a development deal. And that's the dream for a filmmaker where they hire you to make movies for them. And that provides overhead and staff and where the guys can hire me and others where we, we can make movies with them and we start developing projects. And, 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 you know, from there we went on a, like I said, 15, 17 year run. And I moved my way up from assistant to co associate producer, co producer, to producer, to partner. So now, even though we work independent of each other on different projects, we still work together on other projects.
1: You basically won when you got like the Farley brothers, weren't the Farley brothers when no. you were like, Hey dude, come like work for us for minimum wage or something. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was probably even lower than minimum wage.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and like you obviously, you didn't have any like skills, right? Like for particularly for like movies at the time. Right. So you just no, kind of nothing.
0: It, so you, it was the artist. Like when I look back now, I probably would not have taken the job, but I needed a job.
1: Totally,
0: <laughs> and lucky, I'm glad I did because I did not know what an assistant did. You know, to a certain extent, you know, and and I tell the kids today they should be a director's assistant or a writer's assistant
2: mm-hmm.
0: if that's where where they want to go, or a producer's assistant because you you get you get firsthand experience with the directors, writers, and producers on the entire like scope of the film from. The you know the the, the day one re- write you know writing of the script to the release of the movie and you you know you handle all those phone calls you talk to everybody from actors, uh, studio execs, agents, everybody, and you learn the business that way. And if you can, you know, get in a position like that, it, it, it would behoove you because it just it helps um, the connections expedite expedite your 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 growth or movement up a little quicker.
2: Mm. Mm. You know,
0: unless you get lucky, a lot of, you know, some folks get lucky and they write a script once and it gets bought and their careers take off, you know. Uh, But the rest of us usually typically have to grind it out, you know.
1: Yeah. And I just want to, I want to list off for for people listening, some of the movies that you've done with them and and, and separately as well. But um, me, myself and Irene, Fever Pitch, Hall Pass, Dumb and Dumber 2. Is that right? Yep. Shallow, Hal. I mean, these are like. You myself and Irene. It's just oh, they're like all classics. Like all of them are classics. I mean, it's. Pin. It's pretty insane, man. Well, our, our
0: last couple were Super Troopers Two and the Do Over with Adam Sandler. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. So, so what? What's been your so twenty years or so? Yep. What's been yep. your your best experience? Favorite favorite projects? Uh, what would you say? Huh.
2: It,
1: it, it, it kind of,
0: it, it almost kind of um, mimics life. You know, early on, I, was, I would say something about Mary
2: mm-hmm.
0: because that was my first one and helped me, you know, start in the business and I learned a lot. But then we did one with Louis Tiant called The Lost Son of Havana, a documentary where we took, you know, former baseball legend, Cuban baseball legend back to Cuba after 46 years in exile. That is one of my most proud uh, projects I've worked on. Um, We got nominated for an Emmy, and we took a gentleman home that would become my friend uh, after 46 years in exile. That was pretty poignant and um, exceptional. You know, at the time, um, Bush was in in office too, so it wasn't an easy place to get to then. But, But we went back, and it would have been one of the first 30 for 30s, but a year later, the thirty for thirty programming uh, came to light, um, and you know. But that, probably that was one one of the better ones. And then the do over, just because that was pro- that was my first big one on my own,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know. Um, and uh, I've done I've done a number of different ones. I mean, we I just did a, a short, not a short, a very ultra low budget film last summer in Boston. That was uh, one of my most you know fun experiences um i think i think that covers it I don't
1: yeah. yeah i love it man i love it so is there any actor you've worked with that stands out out of curiosity like somebody bill murray, ha- bill murray. okay yeah
0: hands in down what, i say that emphatically
1: yeah in, in what uh would you work on uh what project was it on uh
0: kingpin yep we did a show called Osmosis Jones with him
1: and just super talented
0: we shot that in plymouth massachusetts it's a really? it was a kids uh live action and animated show mm-hmm. early 2000s um and then we did he has a cameo in dumb and dumber too. but you know B- bill bill bill's a true veteran i mean he he he's he's done it all and seen it all so there's no you know there's no air about him he doesn't drive. He doesn't fly first class. He doesn't have an agent. You never know if he's coming or going. You know, he's 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 uh, I mean, he's one of the original cast members of SNL. I mean, that's insane. Mm. You know, so Bill Murray's and, and he's very respectful and kind. You know, one of the stories when we were down in Plymouth, Mass, you know, there's supposed to be 80 other people, you know, knowing where Bill Murray is. And suddenly I'm getting screams from where is Bill Murray? I got to find Bill Murray quick because he's supposed to be shooting. And I guess a little kid had been sticking his head through the the fence in Plymouth. And Bill went over to say hi to him. He said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to get an ice cream. You want to come? And Bill, he, Bill said, yes. <laughs> Bill came back with like 50 kids from the neighborhood with ice creams. At <laughs> 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 the Pied Piper. And they're like, they're all yelling at me. Where is he? I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to find him, you know?
1: <laughs> so other than, uh, you know, Becoming a, you said writer's assistant, um, or, or what what, the other one you suggested there producers, producer's producer's assistant, assistant.
0: director's assistant,
1: gotcha. What to, you know, a 22 year old kid that just moved out to LA, you know, this, this past year and they're, they're doing exactly what you were doing, doing anything to get by and kind of looking for that, that in or first opportunity. What, what advice would you give them?
0: Well, I'd first tell them to save up a little bit of a nest egg. Mm-hmm. The cost of living in LA is at least two, maybe three times that of that of Massachusetts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And where you live in LA is very crucial to your beginnings. There, um, you know, it's not a it's not a walking city. You know, it's spread out. <clears throat> There's 15 million people there. You know, it's a different animal. But as long as you find a good place to live early on, that will help start the you know, your, your LA life off to a good, you know, good start. So.
1: And where is uh, that, where are kind of like the spots you would say most people in, in the industry are living?
0: Oh, they, they, I mean, they're spread out all over depending on what their needs are and where they live. But I mean, you know, on the West side, I, I mean, I'm just a little biased because my, my LA life has been in Santa Monica and Venice, but the Palisade is beautiful Malibu, but then you can, you know, West Hollywood's incredible. If I, if I had to be up in the hills, I, I like the Hollywood Hills, and then you know folks live just over the over the over the hill in Studio City, uh, Sherman Oaks, etc. But it's you know, and that, that's all when you have a little more uh, time under your belt, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You just don't, you just don't. I mean, early on, like it, it's. I always tell the kids if they're gonna, you know, when they're headed out there, just let me know when, so I can put them in the right direction, and maybe I'll have a job for them. I don't know. You mm-hmm. know. Um. That and then just network. I knew nothing about networking. So if you have that experience or that access early on, you know, whether it's through school like Emerson or BU or BC, wherever you go, use your alumni network. And and start reaching out to people or try to get into, uh, you know, even here in Massachusetts in the summers, try to work on a film or a TV show. You're going to meet people and obviously get friendly with them. You work hard. You know, they'll say, when you get out to L.A., call me. Mm -hmm. And that's happened to a bunch of guys I know. And there's three or four folks that I, I love that they're just, I suggested they go to LA and go to LA now. And they're all, they're killing it now. One, one gentleman's a head writer on Westworld. The other one was a showrunner, a fresh off the boat. And those guys came to me as young kids. And, you know, I remember on, like I said, one kid was from Plymouth, Mass. He walked in on Osmosis Jones and uh, he said, I'd like to get in the movie business. I'll do anything. I said, Okay. And beautiful now, now he's a showrunner on the fresh off the boat beautiful doing
2: well all
1: right to pivot a little here um i'd love to talk about kind of your your health journey and sort of like what your lifestyle was like you know my in, unhealthy
0: journey on my healthy
1: journey? <laughs> well both right like oh. in showing kind of like where you came from to where you are now like i know you're you're very conscious now. Like you get outside a lot. You're still playing ball. Um, yeah. You know, you're, you're a, he- a very healthy 50, 50, 50 or so.
0: Yeah. Don't say it too loud, <laughs>
1: you're, but you're a healthy dude. So Thirty nine. Like,
0: somebody's a guy asked me, how old do you think I'm 39? I said, good guess. And that's 39.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, can you talk a little bit about sort of like the things that maybe you've become aware of over the year, the habits you've changed kind of like, like you're, you know, you started the show off, you're eating an impossible burger and having a wheatgrass shot. Like just some of those things that, <laughs> you know, that. have. Well, hey, a lot of that, the-
0: a lot of LA rubs off, right?
1: Amen. Yeah.
0: You know, I mean, early on in my career there, you would never have had, you might have a, a wheatgrass shot here in Boston now, but not 20 years ago. I was having wheatgrass shots 20 years ago. Mm. You know, that, 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 that trend has finally made its way here. I mean, it's been here for a while, but you know, there's a little healthier living out there. They don't.
1: Um, there isn't the judgment like there is here in Boston with it. You know, there isn't yeah, like
0: we're, the, we're, we're a very parochial, traditional, puritanical. You know, you know. At the same time, with a Viking horde. You yeah, know? Well, you the know, other thing is, like, we drink like Vikings. Yeah. Or We used to, anyways. I don't know about the generations below me, but at least, you know, we drink with purpose. <laughs> yeah. Versus other other parts of the country, with the exception of maybe New York, Chicago, and a few others that we're real close to, in yoke, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, no, just, I know. Just you know, that's another thing of what's incredible. I, I always suggest every kid, if they can, leave from wherever they come from for a year, just mm-hmm. to get a different, you know, perspective on life and 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 how, see how other people live and experience that and take that with you. I mean. The experiences I've had living all over the world and all over the country and, and specifically living in L.A. early on, I've I've taken that with me back, you know, back to Boston and and infused that in my own life. But, you know, back to a little healthier living, you know, uh, just different foods, whether they be Latin and Thai. You know, I'd never had Thai food until I moved to Los Angeles. Now it's everywhere. But it's interesting I think as I was getting older, I was you know I, it, it, there was a lot of transition in, in the business, and I knew it was going to get a little more difficult. And I was going to become a dad. There was a lot. There was a lot of different things going on. And I just felt like you know what I need to get healthy, healthier. I was I've mm-hmm. always been in decent shape, but I wanted to make a you know a real change, you know. So I made the majority of changes, with exception of uh, the one that you want me to make to go <laughs> completely rogue and plant-based, which I still might convert and slowly wean myself into that.
1: Yeah. And and it's not like, it's not all, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Right. You know, I always tell that people, everybody tries to like go plant-based overnight and it's a total change to what they've been doing for 50 years. And it's like, you know, it's just the, the idea of getting some more plant foods into your diet. You don't have to upend your life, you know?
0: Yeah, well unfortunately I'm 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 the all or nothing guy. That's the problem. Well that's hey, that's
1: good then. That's good. i either all in
0: or all out. I'm not just taking a taste.
1: I love that I mean? dude. And that's that's why it was helpful for me to declare myself plant-based because there wasn't any gray area. If I gave yeah. myself like the gray area, like, oh I'll I'll avoid the, you know, burgers or I'll avoid whatever. I, I would have abused the gray area big time. So for me it's like it's all or nothing. Cut it off, you know. Like,
0: well, especially I, again, where we come from, you're still an anomaly. Yeah, you, I know. I mean, within reason. I mean, since you're a lot younger than I, but at least you know our dad's generations, right? You know, you know, you 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 are, you know, you could be a freak.
1: Oh, 100 percent. I mean, it's normal
0: now for for it's it's it, it's a new you know normal for all of us and the kid you know the you know guys your age and, and folks, but uh, yeah you. <laughs> you say that now to certain folks and then even, you know, 20 years ago, they'd be like, what? You know, (laughs) but I applaud that obviously. And I, I, you know, those are just folks that, you know, that's, that's, you know, folks that aren't going to, you know, there's not a lot of uh, room for change there if you will.
1: Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So uh, what's, uh, I'm going to hit you with a curveball here. What's something, what's something you struggle with right now? Could be health, could be anything.
0: It is a curveball. Hmm. All right. um,
1: Struggle. What's something? I'll I'll open that up. We're going to get
0: like philosophical and deep, and you know.
1: Yeah, Yeah, let's do. Let's do that. Uh, What's something? What's something? I typically don't share with people via you know a podcast.
0: Patrick. Tell the world my inner, my inner issues and problems. <laughs> and I'll give you one. I'll give you all
2: one. All right.
0: All right. <laughs> I got to think quickly. Um, what's a problem? Hmm. No, I don't have a problem with age. I never have.
2: Mm.
0: You know, my grandmother forever, I knew her until I was probably about 26 years old. She would always be 39 years of age. Hmm. And... Um, I'm glad I am around my folks now, you know, I was on the road for 20 years, you know, making movies, luckily. And thankfully, and, uh, I'm glad I am home, you know, more often than not now able to spend, uh, quality and time I cherish with them, you know, as they get older.
1: Yeah. Is there a little awareness of kind of getting closer to the end of the road? Like, has that yeah, become more aware absolutely. You?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think when you get – when you hit your early – it never really bothered me. Maybe, like, from between 45 and 50. I've never had an issue. But then you start seeing your folks get a little older. And my parents are in incredible shape. They had me when they were young. So my my dad looks like my brother, right?
2: Yeah.
0: And, you know, they had me when they were 18. So – but, you know, you you're still – you start sensing your own mortality and those around you and Mm. what really means things to you. Mm. What means to me and what I need and want in my life, you know, um, is I, 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 I want them in my life as long as I can have, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And I feel like, uh, what's going on in the world has brought that to light a little bit. Um,
0: I I think, you know, With the situation we're going through today, you know, in the pandemic, it's for I mean, there's good and bad gonna come out of it, right? And and and, and not just come out of it, but while we're going through it and all that. However, one of the nice points is it's forcing us to slow down a bit. Mm. Right. Now there's bring there's a lot of anxiety in there and, and, and all that other stuff for a lot of people, but If you're at home with family and and, and at least within your own immediate family and can at least be close to your extended family within reason, um, that quality time's not gonna come back ever again once we get back to normal. Mm. And and, and also, it's bring not only our families, but our extended family within our neighborhoods, our communities, our states, our country, and then globally. You know, it's an odd thing. I talked to folks today in London and Los Angeles. And in Boston, and where else, and thanks to the communication we have today, everyone's in their own homes and taking walks. Mm -hmm. That will never happen again once this is over, you know, and then obviously you get all the other issues and concerns and things that come with it. But at least for now, you know, it's making people stop and pause, reflect and think about the present and the future and even the past, where we're going. How can we make it better from the past?
1: <clears throat> I agree, man. I love it. So uh let's let's uh shift into podcasting here. Why the yeah. new why the new business? Um, you know, what what led you into the podcast realm?
0: I, I hadn't there was a few uh, a couple of, a number of friends of mine. We started an app uh, a couple of years ago and we went in and talked to a couple of VC friends I have. And at the, at the end of the meeting, I asked, I asked this gentleman, you know, what are you investing in? You know, what's your sweet spot? And emphatically he said podcasts. So now you cut to two years later and people start asking me about podcasts. You know, do you put, you know, do you want one? You should have one. My friend's doing one, you know, all this. And there's 750,000 podcasts. I started doing some homework and some, you know, due diligence. And, you know, as you know, there's 750,000 or plus podcasts in the country or the world. You know, 85% of those are, you know, two kids in a basement somewhere that are amateurs and just, you know, talking to their friends, right? Now, with our with the aggregate of our network and our team and our extended uh, family of network of, you know, everybody in the sports, entertainment, media, high science, high finance, and just eclectic, diverse group of people. I said, "Well, why don't we start our own network and and see where we go?" So we've raised monies. We're in pre-launch. We have not launched yet. Um, as we build these out, there's a couple different verticals of original programming and, and on the corporate side, and uh, we're still building out the team and everything else. And luckily, we'll have you join our network.
1: Absolutely, Hopefully. man. And and the idea really is like. Almost, you're almost like a Spotify for podcasts, but specifically podcasts.
0: Is that yeah, and Spotify is actually, you know, has been purchasing a lot of pod. I mean, they just yeah. picked up Bill Simmons's company.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, they picked up Gimlet Media. They mm-hmm. picked up three or four because it's still the fastest growing media platform in the world.
1: Definitely, and it's not so, going away.
0: No, and uh-huh. I like it too because it's still in my space. I mean, what, what what's podcast? Is what we're doing right now, telling stories, right? Mm. That's the narrative. Whether you whether you're selling, you know, mutual funds, selling movies, or selling, you know, the green life, we're telling a story, and what that narrative is. How and, and we've hired and brought in everyone around us is is what we do is tell stories for a living. You know, and and I think we can that that skill set can transition quite smoothly into a podcast network and company and just make it that much more exciting. So again, we'll have everything from the green space, if you will, or plant-based food uh, discussions to cybersecurity, to true crime, to we're going to have a whole host and a diverse portfolio of podcasts that people can hopefully come to re-engage very niche, but also, you know, find their niche and come in and listen.
1: I love it, man. I love it. What's, uh, what's one thing we haven't talked about that you might want to share?
0: What if you, like, wh- you, why'd you start a podcast?
1: That's a good question. <clears throat> yeah. Well, for me, you know, I had this life changing experience with food. Yeah. Nobody in my life ever gave me the option to address my health issues that way. Right. No doctor ever said, you know, you can, you can take the inhaler or you can change the way you're living. Um, you know it was always just you got this, you're gonna live with this, you know here you go and the more I started digging into sort of the backwards nature, there's no sort of preventative you know preventative uh, knowledge and you know we none of us realize how much control we have over our health and and a lot of other areas of our life I think and the more I started digging into nutrition and science and you know the diet is the number one killer on the planet. You know, above Absolutely. car, American. above yeah, on the planet too, above car accidents, above everything. It's a, it's our very own diet. And um, the more I learned, and the more I learned about you know eating more plant based foods that come from the earth for your health, and nobody was talking about it. And I you know, I see you know you know my dad had open heart surgery before he was forty. You know, both wow. my grandfathers died of cancer. You know, like those diseases to me have always been scary i see friends and cousins and you know people having heart attacks and struggling with their weight and everything and you know at the same time i'm discovering that there's you know one one way of eating on planet earth that can stop and reverse heart disease even people with end stage heart disease like people that've had three open heart surgeries you know, they have a, they're, they're about to have their fourth or they're given a month to live. And then, you know, somebody gets a hold of them. Maybe they, they finally get information that they understand that their diet impacts that. And, um, you know, they end up living 30 more years. And I just feel like, you know, it's the same thing we were just talking about, you know, spending more time with loved ones, you know, and it's like, if there's a small change that you can make to the way you live, that gives you more years on earth, You know, Uh, to me, that's the most profound knowledge you can possibly have
0: at at 30 versus, you know, the guys my age, a lot of them, you know, you know, it's not easy to convince them that they should, you know, make a change, you know, and and, and they should. Some guys do, but, you know, they're still going to Smith and Walensky's every night getting the, you know, the the, the, the ribeye and the double T-bone, the steak and potatoes, like every night of the week, they're going out for work, you know
1: totally yeah and and the other thing like I've learned too is it's like you know we know heart attacks they don't just happen overnight right it's like it's thirty forty years build that's why most people have them in their fifties and sixties and seventies because it's thirty forty years of bad habits building up and clogging your arteries, and then you have this you have the event right and it's it, and it's same it's the same thing for you know most other diseases it's It's a slow build up and we're in this chronic state of of Disease. I like to
0: bust my buddy's chops. He's a banker, right? I said, "You're going to end up like John Wayne." He's like, "What's up with John Wayne?" He said, "I said John Wayne died with thirty pounds of undigested metabolic waste in his abdomen." You know what that means? I said, "That you have sixty pounds of that in your system."
1: Hundred <laughs> percent, man. 100%. He said, "I don't even
0: know what you just said." I said, "What I just said was you got to lose weight." Yeah, because you're going <laughs> to drop your your job is is too stressful, you know, around life and everything else, and 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 you just got to you got to slow it down. You because know, I care for
1: him. You know, yeah, yeah, man. And so, the, the, I think the average is like Americans have eight pounds of shit literally in their systems. Like when you do an autopsy on somebody, that's like the average eight pounds of like just decaying food. Um, so people's people's systems are not clean, man. And that 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 is not.
0: So you clean. take a couple of wheatgrass shots; it'll clean out your system.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, man, that's that's why I started the podcast. It's just to
0: oh, so that's right. So you want to start that to, to tell people
2: just, just educate pa- people, etc.
1: Yeah, on something that, you know, I think is can be life changing. And I'm not I, I don't like to shove it down anybody's throat. It's just like right. I, I feel like everybody on earth should have that information. Whether they choose to do it or not it's totally cool. If you want to have your ribeyes and drink beer every night, that's totally your call. But you should know that there's a way of eating that is better is an alternative
0: for you if you choose.
1: Is an alternative and you can if your parents died of heart disease or your grandparents died of these diseases, you can break that chain. And it's not all about genetics and um yeah, just getting the what, word out What here. are you
0: having for dinner tonight?
1: That's a good question. I, I don't know yet, but what I had a couple hours ago for a lunch, um, you know, I usually start with like like I don't cook shit. Like I, um, everybody's like send me recipes, and I'm like I don't have any recipes. Um, I always end up with like kind of something you get like at, at a be good or uh, a sweet green, like just like a bowl. Like I put some greens in a bowl, I put yeah. some rice or quinoa or something in there. Um, so you're pretty boring. What's that? You're pretty boring. I'm
0: boring. I'm so boring. Typical guy just throwing shit in, in, in the bowl and yeah. you eat.
2: Versus,
0: Instead like,
1: of. He- instead of throwing four eggs on the pan or like grilling up some chicken, like I used to do real fast or like, you know, heating up a frozen burger that I used to do. Now I'm just throwing different shit in a bowl. That's, you know, more health.
0: That's what it is to be a guy, (laughs) right? So, yeah because you can still have this culinary experience in the green world, but you're not, you're not doing that.
1: No. Yeah. I, I leave, I leave that up to, I leave that up to my girlfriend. She likes to cook and people that like to cook. Like I always say like, you're opening your world up to like thousands and thousands of more foods that you've just never oh, even even looked it. at. You know, absolutely, yeah, yeah man, yeah.
0: Superfoods. I mean, we didn't have kale growing up. That's all I eat now is kale. Totally, no, I love kale. You know, so.
1: Well, I love it, man. You anything else you want to share with uh, with people listening?
0: You no, know, if you're interested in going getting into the movie business, go for it. You know, yeah. you got to just go for it. And like anything in life, if you want to do something on your own, just do it because you'll never do it unless you go for it. And uh, it's it's not, an, uh, you know, it, it's a journey like everyone else's journey. But keep going to the movies, keep watching film and television. We're in a bit of a flux these days. Uh, it's a golden age of television, but we still need movie theaters. Everyone every now and then talks about them going away. I hope they don't. Um, and then just stay healthy you know i love it man you want to piece of meat, maybe do it in moderation you know what I mean? i'm slowly transitioning or at least we'll try for certain periods of the year you know some food stuffs you suggest to see how healthy maybe there's a couple health concerns i can i can change if i do that for 6 months and see where it goes and then i'll keep going
1: totally man yeah see like just having having the knowledge knowing it's an option you know what i mean a, yeah. a lot of people don't have that you know, they don't even think, like, they think you're going to die if you don't eat, you know, yep. animal products, you know. <laughs> but anyway, man, I, I should have asked, what what projects you have going on outside of um, outside of the podcasting? Do you have any film projects going on?
0: Yeah, we have this independent film, uh, hopefully coming out. Uh, I don't know when exactly. It's called The Last Night in Rozzy, a very small, low-budget movie, but we had an incredible cast. Um, Jeremy Sisto is on a show called FBI. Um, Neil Brown Jr. stars in it. He is in a show uh, hit show called SEAL Team. Nikki Whalen's in it. And then a local actor and very good character actor, um, Kevin Chapman, is in it. Um, I don't know when that'll be released, but we also have an adult animated show that we're getting close on called Black Sheep. And that's about a biracial Jewish kid that's torn between becoming a rabbi or a rap producer and falls in love with a hot young b Muslim singer. We have another one called a TV show called E Team Five, which is Silicon Valley set in the esports world. That's a big deal these days. Um, I think. I think that's about it. There's a, there's a number of others. You always you always have to have multiple shows in the works, you know, for every for every one that goes is a thousand that doesn't. So you constantly have to be developing and, and and have a have a number of shows on your slate. You know, there's no rhyme or reason sometimes why they go, but you have to package your shows to these days. Hmm. packaging meaning i need to find you first have to find the script and make sure that's great and then you have to attach either a star or a director or both or some good people to come in and around you to package it so when you walk it into a potential producing partner or network or streamer or what have you they'll be ready to rock and they'll say it's tough to make it you you, you want to make it as tough as possible for them to say no Hmm. um and it's a you know it's it's one of the toughest businesses in the world.
1: Yeah man so on that on that note maybe we we can end with this one. Why right you have all these years of experience now, right? Yeah. Why are you you know still in uncertain waters if you will, right? You're still like you still want to be an entrepreneur, like you're starting the 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 new media company. You're yeah. still, you know, pitching scripts, you're still kind of well, I still love the hustle. Still, right? Yeah, you're still hustling.
0: Yeah, I still love the hustle. I love the game, and it, when you, whenever you start a movie or a TV show, it's a startup. Mm. I find the IP. I have to go find the money, meaning the studio, whoever, the, the actors, the staff, and then you, it, it blossoms hopefully, and you shoot for a year. It takes a couple of years, three, four, sometimes, sometimes five. Get off the ground, just like a startup, and hopefully, nope. you know, you have a good exit.
1: And what, uh, on that note, what do you got for advice for people pitching? You've obviously pitched a ton of people then you've essentially yep. with movies and everything you've essentially, you know, done 50 startups or whatever, you know, what, what mm-hmm. advice would you give somebody kind of trying to sell, sell the vision?
0: I, th- I think no matter what it is, as long as you're prepped and you know, and you're passionate in what your narrative is going in, you won't have a problem. You just need to have you just need to have your beats down, or your, you know you have to rehearse with your partner or partners who checks in, who checks out, when to say what, and you have to know who you're talking to, and do your homework on that network or that VC or whoever in my private equity, whoever these folks are, and also know what their sweet spot and what they're looking for. If I know 20th Century Fox is not looking for a drama, I'm not going to pitch them a drama.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I need to go find an action you know, adventure show or a thriller, you know,
2: mm-hmm. or a
0: sci-fi, you know, sometimes you might get lucky, but not more often than not, you know, you know, you want to be able to, and you got to, you have to keep your finger on the pulse on the market, right? What is selling right now? And what, what are they looking for?
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's like that in any, any business, but I think you can do it. And you gotta, you gotta, you know, when you first starting out, it's, There's a lot of anxiety, but it also, it's fun and you get Mm. better and better at it. Every time you do it, just like anything else, you get better and better and better at it. Now you can sell, you know, we, we sell ideas in the, in the entertainment business. You know, I was, I joke only if you can sell ideas. You can, you know, you can sell pencils, (laughs) you know, right. You know, I, was a, there was a, a, a buddy of mine who, who, who ended up having a big job, Right. And, 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 and he actually, I didn't know him well. I met him on a, on a film and, and they were kind of the vendor. And he said, Chris, how'd you make it? I, and I'm like me, you know, what do you mean? To, I, I didn't, I didn't make it, didn't, you know, I, this guy was, I said, well, how'd you make it? You know? And he said, I was selling paint and sponsorships for Benjamin Moore. And a gentleman asked me if I do X, Y, and Z, I want you to come work for me in and, and, and my buddy said well I, I I don't know I don't know shit about that business right and this is a very exciting business and it's he said if you can sell paint you can sell shit you know whatever it is you can <laughs> you can sell paint you can sell anything in the world you know <laughs> I know that was that wasn't a good delivery I should have told the true story but I didn't want to give names and all that so anyways, you should cut all that that was horrible um, <laughs> What was the advice? Just, 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 you know, being prepared and being passionate and being truthful and organic in yourself, because once you go in there to oversell and you're, you're a drone or you've been taught something on how to sell through whatever companies you may have come from, just be yourself. That's what they want to see and how passionate you are and what you do. That's what's going to sell. Mm. You know,
1: well we're hitting about an hour and I, I just wanna before we, uh, before we sign off, I just want to thank you. Um, dude, you're a, you're a beast. I I love the journey. I love the story. Uh, from the second we, we started talking on the hike, you know, you're just, you're just a dude that's, you know, you were willing to go to places. Most people don't, don't go to get to where you want to be. And, um, I just have massive respect and jumping in, jumping into things that, you know, you don't have the answers to, and you don't know how they're going to turn out, and, you know, trusting in. It takes in, a
0: lot of balls, right? Yeah. <laughs> it does. I, and I, I tell even the kids when I speak to them, or young folks, like, just to move is a big deal. Yeah. To make that decision to move 3,000 miles, right? You're not just, like, you know, it's not like you're going a semester abroad. You know you're coming back, right? You know, you're coming home. And and again, if you don't, you know, it's just, you know, more, the more hikes we go on, the more it, it, the, the stories are endless. Right. And the, and the experience is just I mean, you know, I'm not it just, just just I can't believe some of the stuff we've seen and been able to do. Right. Because of the, the business. And, uh, you know, hopefully that continues and we get Absolutely. to share another episode one day and we'll, th- we'll go down another rabbit hole.
1: Absolutely. We will. And, uh, yeah. And fired up, fired up for the new business and fired up to be a part of it. And, uh, thank you, man. Yeah. You're a beast. I,
0: on me. Keep me, uh, you know, you, you, you might convert me.
1: Yeah. I, I'd, be, I'd be happy to my man. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do like a, like an eight week, uh, plant-based, and then, uh, we'll get you back on here and, and,
0: uh, maybe set up the, uh, the schedule. Yeah. Can you set up the schedule for me?
1: Yeah, and we, and do something like a uh, like uh, now. It's probably not a good time to get your blood work done with all that's going on. But like you know, something we can compare the before and after to uh, yeah. would be cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd love to try that for eight weeks, and then we'd come back on the podcast. Love it, dude. All right, man. A pleasure. It's been it's been a pleasure, and thanks for having me. And let's keep going, keep moving, baby. Hell yeah! Thank you.
2: Y'all